Luke 20, verses 27 through 38. Hear the word of God. Now there came to him some of the Sadducees, who say that there is no resurrection. And they questioned him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife, and he is childless, his brother should marry the wife and raise up children to his brother. Now there were seven brothers, and the first took a wife and died childless, and the second and the third married her, and in the same way all seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died also. In the resurrection, therefore, which one's wife will she be? For all seven had married her. Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot die any more, because they are like angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the burning bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Thus far God's holy, inspired, and infallible word. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, please help us to appreciate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus and the resurrection that you have ordained for all who are in him. We pray that having learned these things anew today, that we may rest our lives upon them and even share this truth with other people. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. If you ask most people, uh, they say at least they would like to believe that there is life after death. Now, there are many different ideas about what life after death is all about, but the Bible simply tells you there's one kind of life after death, and that is the resurrection of the body. And we confess that in the Apostles' Creed when we say it, I believe in the resurrection of the body. I want to take as our starting point today Jesus remarks to a group of Sadducees. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Jesus, of course, did believe in the resurrection, and he taught his followers about it. Now, these doubters, the Pharisees, I'm sorry, the Sadducees, wanted to make Jesus look foolish. As it turned out, I think they're the ones who look foolish. But they created a hypothetical, and may I add absurd, situation involving a woman who married in turn seven brothers. Their point to Jesus was that resurrection would create confusion and insoluble problems. Therefore, it made no sense to them anyway to believe in the resurrection. 
Well, on this Easter Sunday, a day on which the Church of Christ gives special emphasis to the resurrection of Christ, I want us first to learn from Christ Himself the doctrine, the teaching of the resurrection. And secondly, to see how that doctrine is made a present and future reality by Christ's own resurrection. What is the doctrine of the resurrection which Jesus taught? And believe me, that's the only doctrine that you want to hold, the only one that you want to pay attention to. What did Jesus have to say about the resurrection? Now we know that there was ample evidence in the Old Testament Scriptures that there was a resurrection. So Jesus did not simply bring this forth as something brand new, but He certainly added to our understanding of it. When He raised Lazarus from the dead, temporarily we might add, He spoke with His sister Martha, who said to Jesus, we know that He, Lazarus, will rise again at the resurrection at the last day. And of course, Jesus had yet to go to the cross. He had yet to be buried in the tomb. He had yet to rise Himself. So this idea had to have been taught to her, probably using the Old Testament Scriptures and Jesus' own explanation of them. So that uh, the first thing He taught about the resurrection is that it is scriptural. Again, the Sadducees said there is no resurrection, but Jesus said, effectively, there is a resurrection. So He taught from the Scriptures. He emphasized it to Martha before the incident with Lazarus. He emphasized it, I'm sure, in other situations. Now, of course, He recognizes that everyone dies. There are a few exceptions in Scripture, a couple... Enoch and Elijah, but they didn't really die. They just went straight to heaven. And uh, others like Lazarus, whom I said uh, temporarily were resurrected, they died later on. So even those folks, you see, fall under the category that everyone dies. And of course, Jesus died. In uh, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that he delivers what uh, he received also, that Christ died. He goes on to say Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and He rose again from the dead on the third day, according to the Scriptures. I heard something on radio this morning I thought was fascinating. It uh, addressed this question, why does the, the Scriptures say He was buried? Well, the Scripture says He was buried because if He were not buried, then the bodily resurrection might come into question. But you don't bury a spirit. You bury a body. So Christ died for our sins. He was buried. His body was buried. And He rose again the third day bodily from the grave. But he taught, yes, everyone dies. You're not going to escape death unless you happen to be Enoch or Elijah. You're going to die. 
Resurrection means then a return to what? To human life. Return to life in the body after one dies and you return never having to repeat death ever again. Again, Martha says, I know that He will rise the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, of course, to her, well, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. Whoever believes in Me doesn't need to worry about death. He will not die in that final sense ever again. When we are raised from the dead, and this is the teaching of Jesus, we are united body and soul. The Bible says that uh, if you're to die, your body is buried, but your soul goes to be with the Lord. He said on one occasion, I, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, well in advance of any bodily resurrection. So your soul goes to be with the Lord. I can't tell you too much about what that's like. But that's what happens. Your soul goes to be with the Lord. But that's not the resurrection of the last day. The resurrection of which Jesus spoke. Because the body and the soul are reunited at the resurrection. And you live a life in your body, with your spirit, your soul together. You serve the Lord world without end. And the resurrection of the body allows for nothing else. Okay, There's no ghostly existence. There, there is no uh, Jacob Marley as in Scrooge tale, the uh, tale by Charles Dickens, Christmas Carol. There, there's no sort of uh, Patrick Swayze kind of uh, looking for your love after the, you've, you've passed away. That's, that's not at all what Jesus taught. Nor do we have any sort of angelic existence as though we're, we're not any longer human beings, but now we're angels. None of that. No, no. That's not the teaching of Jesus. Jesus says one day you're going to rise from the dead bodily, body and soul together, and you'll ever be with the Lord in that condition. Notice that uh, Jesus recognized that the Sadducees' example, though it was absurd, nevertheless is viable. In that, whose, whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? There is a resurrection. There are bodies. There are people interacting. Now Jesus says you've got it all wrong about how they interact. There's no marriage as such in heaven. But there is a life in the body and if you could kind of sum up then what Jesus is saying in His teaching, everyone dies, but then all are raised. And the Bible says some are raised to a judgment by which they'll be cast out from the presence of God forever. But those who are in Christ rise to live with Him and serve Him and have purposeful lives that never come to an end, that are never inhibited by sinfulness, never inhibited by physical weakness as we know it, all will retain their individual identities. And notice how he, he takes this phrase, uh, the uh, God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, but he emphasizes as he explains it, he says these people are living, 
these people in the resurrection at the last day, they, they will be Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as they were known before. There is this personal identity. Some people ask, well, will I recognize Uncle Charlie? Will I recognize my mother or, or my baby that died? Will I recognize them? Well, I think uh, Jesus says, yes, you will. They have identities. And all go on then to live a life of purpose and fulfillment. And then Jesus says in verse 36, He says, neither can they die anymore. And that's the teaching of Jesus. Jesus, however, did insist that the resurrection does not mean continuing in the same manner as before. Same manner of life. There are a lot of people that uh, would like to believe that uh, when the resurrection comes that they'll be able to go on and and live the sort of uh, reckless life that they had before. But no, our lives are going to be determined by the presence of God in our lives and the leading of God to whatever He has for us to do. Some things uh, from the pre-resurrection era are going to be gone. What's going to be gone? Sin is going to be gone. Death is going to be gone. Marriage is going to be gone. All that is, is clear in what we've studied and spoken about so far. And then this new pattern of life is instituted. Total service to God. New and better relationships. And I should just pause right here. And somebody says, oh, I want to be with my wife in heaven. I loved her so much. Or my husband in heaven. I loved her so much. And the Lord says, you'll have relationships in heaven. And there'll be better relationships than you ever had on earth. Better than marriage. Why would God abolish marriage if He wasn't going to put something better in place of it? Why would He say that there are going to be relationships if we didn't have happier and longer lasting and deeper relationships in heaven? There will be freedom like we have never known before. Oh, how people want freedom to do this and that and the other. When your heart is made perfect and when you're with the Lord, you'll have freedom to do whatever you want to do and what you want to do will be what God wants done. And you'll enjoy it. There's an old joke about... Uh, I, I think this is the idea of the, sort of the Prussian uh, general. He says, you will eat it and you will like it. <laughs> well, the, the idea is you'll have heaven and you will like it and it won't be forced upon you. You will have even greater access, may I say, to the things of God than the angels do. Because you are that much different than they are. Not that they're unhappy or jealous or anything like that. But what a a wonderful thing lies before us. And that's the teaching of the resurrection. That's what Jesus taught beginning from the Old Testament and, and impressing this upon Martha and others and then through His apostles and disciples to tell us what the resurrection is all about. But how do, we, how do we really know there is a resurrection? And really there's only one answer to that, although we'll expand on it a little bit. And that is, look to Jesus. Jesus is not dead. His bones are not moldering in some grave over in Palestine right now. The disciples did not steal His body as His, his uh, opponents tried to insinuate. 
Jesus is risen from the dead, and that's the proof. That's the proof. Now, I love the old song about, you ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart, uh, but that's not the first answer. The first answer is, you ask me how I know He lives, the Bible tells me so. The Bible tells me that He rose from the dead. There are more than 500 witnesses to that fact, and a number of them have their testimonies recorded in the Scripture. And you can say, well, they're all liars. No. This has been one of the the finest and most reliable proofs that has ever been given to anybody about anything. You can prove the resurrection of Jesus better than you can prove the existence of uh, Plato or Socrates or Caesar or anybody else from those ancient times. Jesus says there is a resurrection and He says if you'll just be patient, you'll see it's true because I'll show Myself to you. And again, what Luke said, He showed Himself alive by many infallible proofs. So Jesus said so. He's the greatest authority and He proved it Himself. Every word of His is true. and He said there is a resurrection. Just look at Me. The Scripture, of course, does say so. The Lord uh, spoke to Moses at the burning bush, and then Jesus quotes it right here, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Uh, Daniel said this, and many who sleep in the dust of the ground will will awaken some to everlasting life, but others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. That's the Old Testament. That's long before Jesus ever came on the scene. God said it there as well. So you have it from the Old Testament. You have it from the New Testament. Uh, John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. Marvel not at this, this is Jesus talking, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves shall hear His voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life they that have done evil unto the resurrection of condemnation. Then you have 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. What was wrong with the Sadducees? Well, they didn't listen very carefully to Jesus' teaching, but worse than that, they didn't listen to the Bible. In fact, Jesus confronted that error of theirs. He says, you do err not knowing the Scriptures. The Bible says so. The Scriptures also show that uh, we'll not just be able to die and then that will be the end of it. I had a teacher in high school who said, I believe that when you die, that's just the end of it. You're like the dogs and the cats. First place, I don't know what the dogs and cats do after the resurrection, but I, I do know that uh, when you die, you have to face judgment. You have to face the Lord. Uh, people that take their own lives and say, I'll just end it all right now, that's not the end of it, friends. Something much more serious comes about. We have another thing uh, to rely on, in a sense. It's, it's not where we should start, but... Uh, 
We have an experience of the power of God if we're believers. Somehow God came and took us from our sins, from the direction we were going, turned us around, made us new people, gave us new hearts. We have the power of God, and that's in Scripture compared to the resurrection. The same power that saves you, the same power by which God has helped His people down through the ages, that's the power of the resurrection. The Apostle Paul said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. And friends, God says that power is yours to have. That power is yours to experience. And when you ever say, I wonder if there's really a resurrection, God says, think about my power. Do you think I can't raise the dead? Do you think I can't give them everlasting life? Do you think I can't take all that is wrong and and remove it completely? God says the power is something that ought to tell you about the resurrection of the dead. We experience it. We need only also to look at nature and look at history. This is the God who causes the rain to fall, the Bible says. The God who makes the sun to shine. The God who controls all the winds and things that happen in the world. All the natural phenomena of the world, they're in God's power and control. You say, is there a resurrection? Think of the power of God just in the nature of the world around you. And then think of history. The Bible says God raises up and God puts down empires and kings. People who say, my, uh, my Reich, my empire will last for a thousand years. God says, I put those people down and I raise up nations that love me and I give them prosperity and I give them blessing. And when they turn away from me, I put them back down again. Just look at history. History is not some meaningless randomness. It's God at work in the world. And that same God that controls history, that controls nature, that controls all things, that God says, I will raise you from the dead if you believe in Me. If you believe in the Savior that I sent. Jesus said, whoever believes in Me How so? Believe that He died for you on the cross. That He paid for your sins. That 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 dark day of Calvary when the the sun went and and hid itself behind the clouds, that that was the day of everlasting life and redemption. And you claim that for yourself. Oh Lord, oh Lord, I want to rise with Jesus. I want to live with Him. That poor thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, you'll be with me. You'll rise with me. You'll share that that spiritual resurrection, but you'll share in the resurrection of my kingdom and my life. How foolish to be like the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection. When everything in existence... And when God Himself says there is resurrection, believe, do not perish. Believe and be saved. Believe and have everlasting life. Believe and rise at the last day. The Lord Jesus says, I'm the proof of it above all else. Scriptures are there to confirm it. There's all this power behind everything to substantiate it.
There's no reason for you to deny it. There on Mars Hill, the Apostle Paul said, God raised Him from the dead, and those philosophers said, Fooey, we don't believe that. But there were a few. There were a few there that said, you know, we do believe it. What a change. What a difference. And we're faced with that, that same situation today. Is there a resurrection from the dead? There's some that say, no, there's not. Paul says, don't be foolish. Jesus says, don't be foolish. Christ lives. And because He lives, we can live too. Let's pray. Thank You, Father, for the teaching of Jesus about the resurrection. Thank You, Lord, that He's the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, of me, and all those who are here who believe that we will rise and have our identities and have our lives all in Him. Help us to rejoice in that now, to, to bear whatever troubles and difficulties there are because the resurrection is worth it all. We thank You for that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, now I said we were going to sing a hymn that's printed on the back of your bulletin, so please turn to the back there. And again, you can listen to the tune and then we'll sing it together. He who deigned for me to die